we're going to talk some Ranger baseball as we welcome into the program Jared Sandler from the uh, Ranger Radio Network. Jared, good afternoon. Thanks for your time today. Hey, thanks so much for having me, guys. Let, let's start with the trade and just your overall thoughts and impressions of the trade. And we're talking about, of course, Elvis to the Oakland A's for Chris Davis. Yeah, I, I think it's a, a good move for the Rangers and it's a good move for Elvis. It's a good move for Elvis because uh, he wants to be a shortstop, believes he can play shortstop and is getting that opportunity. And, you know, as good of a guy as Elvis is, uh, you know, his stage of his career where maybe he feels like he's not, you know, he's not uh, making the turn at 16, 17, and 18, but recognizes he doesn't have a lot of time to just, uh, uh, you know, jack around to, to, to take advantage of, you know, what he might feel like are his prime years. Uh, you wouldn't blame the guy for being upset if he was stuck at third base and then ultimately a utility role when Josh Young uh, was ready. So you now don't have to deal with that, and he gets what he wants in the Rangers. Uh, ultimately, while they'll they'll have $2 million spent in 2021, they'll have money saved in 2022. Uh, they get a part amicably with Elvis before you know a, a significant member of the franchise ends up having a, an ugly divorce. You don't have to deal with that. Uh, and, you know, I think the real win for the Rangers is not getting Chris Davis, uh, who is a free agent at the end of this upcoming season and is not a part of the future plans. It's getting Jonah Heim, and it's getting Dane Acker. Heim, a catcher who will immediately step in and compete for playing time at the big league level, and Dane Acker, a guy who will likely start in high A. He was a fourth-round pick out of OU last year but someone who's got a chance to move through the system as a college draftee pretty quickly and maybe end up helping the big league club out in, in 2023, 2024. What, is there a timetable for the rebuild in your mind or in the front office's mind? I mean, is there a, is there a, a, a number that we're looking at uh, 20, you know, fill in the blank? Yeah. I, you know, they're not going to, for, for a lot of reasons, they're not going to come out and publicly put a, uh, a target date on it just because, you know, that then they're publicly kind of bound to that. They're not going to do that. My guess, though, is if they were to a man to be asked that question, uh, you know, we got the 2021 season coming up. I think they'll make some moves this offseason, uh, this, this upcoming offseason, not the current one. My guess is they'd say they'd like to really compete for a playoff spot again in 2023 with 2024 possibly being a year that uh, they're not just competing for a playoff spot. They might be uh, competing for that top spot in the division. And, and really, you know, once you get in the playoffs, you are a legitimate contender with the way baseball works. And I think they'd like to position themselves in that way. Now, in order for that to happen, uh, they're not going to need to be perfect by any means, but they're going to have to hit on all, all cylinders. That's uh, growing guys from within. That's making the right signings in the off season. That's winning. I, I don't mean winning trades in that, you know, the other team loses, but just making sound quality trades that are going to advance them. And then also striking internationally. You know, we see uh, some of these international signings, they're 16 years old and it takes them a while, but there are other international signings uh, like Yuli Gurriel, for example, just thinking within the division, they get signed and within a couple months they're contributing at the big league level. So uh, I think the opportunity is there for the Rangers financially uh, they don't really have a lot of money committed i think they're going to be players uh starting next off season when all those shortstops are available but i would not expect the rangers to be considered uh, a contender by the public at least uh this year or next year and then hopefully by 2023 that changes 
So with with Elvis gone, obviously the vacancy at shortstop, Isaiah Kiner Falefa is going to get the uh, the opportunity to play there. In your mind, is he an everyday shortstop, short term and long term? I don't think it, you know. If I were to guess, opening day twenty twenty two, he's not their shortstop, and that's not. Uh, a knock on him as much as it is the opportunity exists for the Rangers to get a, a franchise caliber shortstop, Pro- possibly the best shortstop to wear a Rangers uniform other than Alex Rodriguez. And that could be Carlos Correa. It could be Javi Baez. I think more likely it's either Corey Seager, who uh, not just Corey, but the entire Seager family has an incredibly close relationship with Chris Woodward or Trevor Story, who, while publicly hasn't said this, uh, as there are a lot of people who have said he'd love the opportunity to come back home. He's from Irving, Texas. And for my money, uh, he's the best shortstop in Major League Baseball right now. Uh, so when you have the opportunity to add that type of a player, uh, you don't pass up on it when there's a need. You know, if they had uh, a really good shortstop, an established shortstop already, maybe they look to spend that money elsewhere. But uh, as, as good as Isaiah kiner Falefa played last year, he's just not that yet. Defensively, he's outstanding. Uh, offensively, uh, as, as much as he improved last year, he needs to improve even more to be an everyday player for a playoff caliber team. Uh, so he's going to get that opportunity, and it totally makes sense why he's getting that opportunity this year. He's earned it, and right now he is probably their best option but he's going to have to show continued growth offensively uh, if he wants to be a starting player, an everyday player, whether it's a short or second or wherever, on a team that ultimately is going to compete for a playoff spot. Talking with Jared Sandler of the Texas Rangers Radio Network. Jared, so the Rangers are partnering back up with the Round Rock Express through 2018 at the AAA level. What went into this decision, and how does it benefit both parties? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, first of all, the – the Round Rock Express broke away from the Astros in, in that partnership of a couple years. Uh, the Rangers and, and Round Rock had a previous uh, relationship uh, prior to Round Rock and, and Ryan Sanders' group, which uh, obviously the Ryan name, Nolan Ryan and Reed Ryan. Reed, who at the time was working for the Astros, made you know that uh, made that switch. Uh, you know, I think the Nashville partnership was great. You know, it's a Nashville's a gosh a, a really fun city. I don't think you have any issues sending guides to Nashville. They got taken care of. That organization was great. But I just think whenever you have the opportunity to have an affiliate uh, within as close a proximity as, as Round Rock is to the DFW Metroplex, uh, you take advantage of that. And, and that's a, you know, it's a great ballpark. Dell Diamond's a great setup. Uh, so it's another, you know, good organization where you don't worry about your players dealing with poor facilities or anything like that. So, you know, I think it's great to grow the fan base. Uh, I think it's great. Uh, and, and makes player movement a lot easier. It's obviously quicker to get from Round Rock to uh, Arlington than from Arlington to Nashville uh, and vice versa. Uh, so, you know, I'm not quite sure uh, all the dynamics behind, you know, why Round Rock didn't want to stick with, with the Astros, but I think it's an opportunity the Rangers wanted to capitalize on. So now you think about it, the Rangers affiliates, they got Frisco, they got Round Rock. So that's double A AA and triple A all within the state of Texas. And their other two affiliates are, uh, are clubs that they own. Uh, so, uh, you know, they, they are able to really start controlling their minor league system the way a lot of major league teams are starting to do. It's not just the Rangers. Owning your minor league affiliates is becoming much more common. So, in unfortunate news, the, the baseball world lost a good one over the weekend and uh, with the passing of Pedro Gomez. 
What are you going to remember the most about Gomez and his contributions to the game? Yeah, you know, I only met him a couple times, and it was really in passing. And, uh, you know, I saw a lot of the uh, uh, the tweets and the, the you know, the, the stories and the uh, editorials of people sharing great experiences with Pedro, and he certainly had that reputation. I think for me, just, you know, when I think of Pedro Gomez, I think of covering Barry Bonds. And, you know, that was when I was growing up, and he was the – the ESPN guy on the Barry Bonds beat when he was chasing uh, all those home run records and just putting up uh, astronomical numbers. And uh, then, you know, the, the cream and the clear scandal and Pedro was always right there. And, uh, you know, Barry wasn't the kindest to the media, but Pedro never backed down and always asked the tough questions and kind of led the way. So, um, you know, that's uh, an incredibly significant period of time in major league baseball's history. And Pedro was right in the middle of that telling those stories. So, uh, you know, I think that's probably just from like a professional standpoint, uh, a tremendous achievement, uh, even though it's not like a quantifiable achievement, just the way he, he handled that period of time. And that's, I mean, that's when I was introduced to Pedro Gomez, not like personally, but just who the heck he was. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, I guess what I remember most about him. Talking with Jared Sander from the uh, Ranger Radio Network. Jared, we have a, uh, a text on our CNC Collision Center text line, and the uh, texter wants to know what you consider a successful season looks like in this upcoming season as the Rangers continue their rebuild process. Uh, first of all, that's uh, props to you for reading that text line sponsor every time. That's, uh, that's a mouthful. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, I think – Listen, ultimately, you want a successful season to be measured, you know, looking at the standings, right? And I don't, I just don't think that this year is that. Uh, for me, a successful season is seeing the development and growth of as many of these young guys as possible. I don't, I don't have a number necessarily. I think, you know, it'd be great for Josh Young to come up and, and give fans some excitement and hope that he is uh, the guy who can hold down third base for years to come. I think it'd be great for Leody Tavares to inspire that same level of confidence and center. And then I think, you know, with the pitching staff, I, I, I'm not as concerned with guys like Kyle Gibson and Jordan Lyles, because, you know, they're not necessarily going to be a part of the next wave of great Rangers teams that doesn't diminish their role this year as veteran leaders in that rotation. But I just want to see someone step up and, and make me think, yeah, this guy is going to be able to win a big playoff game at some point wearing a Rangers uniform, whether that's Dane Dunning or Colby Allard, uh, you know, maybe Brock Burke when he comes back from his, uh, his rotator cuff surgery that took place uh, about 11 months ago. I, I don't know who, I don't really care who, I just want there to be someone. I, I think as many, as many players as you can develop and, and think that guy is going to be a part of the next wave of great Rangers teams that's the win. If you come out of this year empty-handed or not really feeling like you have an idea on some of these guys, that's when you know you start kind of spinning tires and, and walking on the treadmill and not really going anywhere as far as the development and growth uh, of the organization. And then the other thing, too, is guys, beyond the major league level, I mean, so much of that at the minor league level as well. They got so much talent scattered from all the levels and uh, you know, whatever, whatever level of a season – uh, the minor league seasons end up having, I mean, it's just last year was a lost year in a, in a, a damaging way for the Rangers. They had a lot of low level, not an ability, but in, in minor league hierarchy, a lot of low A, high A guys who never really got a sniff at any level of competition. And, and I hate to say it's a lost year in development, but in, in a lot of ways it is. And uh, for the Rangers, 
uh, maybe more than most, that really hurt them. All right, final thing. I want to get your thoughts uh, as Major League Baseball is going to continue with the seven-inning doubleheaders, and uh, they're going to continue with the runner at second base to start extra innings. Just your thoughts. I, I, I know that we're do- why we're doing it. I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Uh, um, I don't – so as a broadcaster, it's certainly nice for the doubleheaders to not uh, – to not be like 12 hours long when you combine the two games. But I, I would prefer nine inning doubleheaders. Um, I, again, I get why we're doing it. And for this particular season, again, I get it. I, I would like for it to once uh, maybe we're free and clear of COVID go back to nine inning doubleheaders, the runner at second, that, that's had an interesting uh, development from like a, a desirability standpoint. I, I remember it wasn't just me, Matt Hicks and Eric Nadell. We all went into the year totally despising it. Uh, and while I think I would rather the runner start at second beginning in the 11th inning and let the 10th inning play out as is, there is a really interesting level of strategy that uh, you don't get often in the American league uh, with how you're going to handle the situation and, uh, you know, opportunities with the guys on your bench and so on and so forth. So from a thinking man standpoint, uh, it does add a, a unique element that the American League oftentimes does not have. But I think if it were up to me, I'm okay with not having games go 15 innings uh, because really it, it does way more bad than good when all is said and done. But I'd like to see the 10th inning play out as a, a normal baseball inning, and then if the game is still tied, uh, start with a runner at second beginning in the 11th inning. I think I would be a little little more on board with that when you think about the future uh, of the game. Hey, I, you know what? I never thought about that, but I, I kind of like your idea as well. Jared, thank you. I know you, you got a uh, you, uh, spring training's just around the corner, and then you got a busy spring and summer. And Man, we do appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Well, appreciate all of uh, the Rangers fans in the area, and thanks so much for having me. Talk to you soon. Jared Sandler from the Ranger Radio Network.